your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 258 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the World Juniors. They're off to a really fun start. So far, the United States is 1-1 in the tournament. Canada is 2-0. We're going to be focusing on both of those teams a little bit. We have enough listeners in both of those countries that uh, I think it warrants talking about the performance of each team on today's episode and uh we're not going to go period by period for all four games i think that would be overkill and probably drive you guys crazy but we will talk about some of the highlights and uh just some general thoughts that i have about the performance of each of these teams and of course we will also talk about the ranger prospects who are competing in this tournament you've got Brett Burrard and Hunter Skinner for the United States. Skinner is yet to dress for the tournament games, but we will keep an eye on that. And also, we're going to have plenty to say about Braden Schneider. Schneider was taken by the Rangers in the first round this season, and he was ejected during the first period of Canada's first game of the tournament for a hit to the head of a player from Germany. He was also suspended for Canada's second game against Slovakia, which occurred yesterday. Canada... Still went 2-0 in the tournament, so they got it done without him, but we're going to have plenty to say about what happened with Braden Schneider and talk about if the punishment fits the crime, so to speak. And then we'll also talk about Dylan Garand. He's a goalie playing for Team Canada. The Rangers took him in the fourth round of this year's draft at number 103 overall. He got a little bit of a taste of Canada's first game, uh, so nice to see him at least participating in the World Juniors, at least in a limited capacity thus far. So we will get to the Ranger prospects, but first, uh, just some general thoughts on the tournament itself. And again, just to kind of get you guys caught up here. Anybody who hasn't seen the tournament yet, anybody who's a little bit of a refresher, uh, on Christmas, that's when the tournament began, United States was defeated by Russia 5-3. to three. It's a game that the United States could have won. They shot themselves in the foot a couple of times, and uh, the rally fell short at the end. And then on Saturday, Canada beats a shorthanded Germany team 16-2. to That's the game where Braden Schneider got suspended, and the United States took down Austria 11 to nothing later that day on Saturday. And then just yesterday on Sunday, Canada beats Slovakia 3-1, to a game that was a lot more competitive than I think a lot of people would have guessed. But Canada got the win. They are 2-0 and in the tournament. And then as far as anybody, if you're looking to kind of pick up this tournament today, maybe you haven't caught the first couple of games. There are two games on the slate today. You've got Austria against Sweden at 6 Eastern time. These are all Eastern times. And then you've got Slovakia against Germany at 930. As far as the remainder of the tournament for the United States, at least the preliminary rounds here, United States plays against the Czech Republic on Tuesday at 2 p.m. So an afternoon game for the United States. And then the U.S. on New Year's Eve will conclude its preliminary round by playing against Sweden at 930. As for Canada, Canada also plays on these same two days, Tuesday and Thursday. They play against Switzerland at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. They then play on Thursday, New Year's Eve, against Finland at 6 p.m. Those are considered two of the best teams in the tournament. As far as the rest of the tournament, there haven't really been any big upsets yet. I mean, the one exception, I suppose, is Slovakia defeating Switzerland 1-0 on Christmas. That was actually the first game of the tournament. Other than that, everything is played out about how you... Well, you know what? There has been one other upset, I would say. Uh, you could say the Czech Republic beating Russia 2-0 yesterday. Uh, certainly, that's an upset. But the Czech Republic have a good team as well. So, uh, nothing shocking. But Slovakia kind of looking like maybe the dark horse of the tournament, the Cinderella of the tournament, if you will. 
They pick up an upset victory against Switzerland in their first game, and then they push Canada last night. Like I said, that was a competitive game. We'll talk about that in more detail in just a second. But first, I want to talk a little bit also about just the overall format of this tournament for two reasons. I mean, one, some people might not be familiar with it. There might be some people out there who are trying the World Juniors for the first time. And two, just to kind of share my thoughts on how it works, because I'm always... I'm very particular about playoff tournaments. You guys have maybe picked up on that. Anybody who's listened to this podcast for any amount of time. Like, I mean, for example, I really don't like what they did with baseball this past year, letting 16 teams into the tournament. I think that's a little bit ridiculous. I'll deal with it for this past season because obviously there were very unique circumstances. The season happened in the middle of a pandemic. There were only 60 games instead of 162. So, okay, it's fine for one season. Uh, And then also for the NHL, they let 24 teams into the playoffs. Any other season, I think that would be absolutely ridiculous. But again, for this past season, I think it's okay. They had to pause the season with about 10 or 12 games remaining in the regular season. And then it wouldn't have really been fair for these teams that were one point behind in the playoffs to be left out. So 2014 playoff tournament, I think it was fine for this past season. And I think it was actually a nice thing that the NHL did because you think about everything happening in the world. There are a lot of people that have been affected negatively by the pandemic. I think that goes without saying. And so sports provide an escape and you let 24 different NHL teams into the postseason. That's 24 different fan bases that get a little bit of a boost from getting a chance to watch them playoff hockey when playoff hockey of any kind was certainly far from a guarantee uh, when the season was first paused and when the pandemic was, you know, at its worst. Uh, But bottom line, Yes, I am very particular when it comes to playoff formats. And at first glance, you know, you look at the way the World Juniors are set up here. You've got 10 teams. You've got two pools of five teams each. They do it round-robin style. And then you have the best four teams from each pool move on into the quarterfinals. And you just go from there. It's a single elimination tournament from that point on. And at first glance, you know, you let eight out of 10 teams move on from the preliminaries that seems like too much. It's kind of like, you know, you're almost devaluing these preliminary games. So at first glance, you know, when I was first starting to watch this tournament a couple of years ago, I didn't really like that. However, the more I thought about it, I think it actually makes sense because these teams, these players, they're not really all that used to playing with each other. You know, this isn't the end of a NHL regular season where you've played 82 games and you're going into the playoffs and you're ready to rock and roll and all that good stuff. Uh, This is a bunch of guys playing together and representing your country. So I think it only makes sense to allow these guys, these players to kind of get their legs under them, put their best foot forward and get a chance to gel together in the preliminary rounds. And then as long as you avoid a complete disaster and you win at least one game, I mean, really, usually one win is probably going to get you into the quarterfinals. As long as you do that, you've taken care of business and you will be playing in the quarterfinals And it leaves these teams, all these players that have not played together, really at all, it leaves them some margin for error in the preliminary round. If you don't find your A game in the first two games of this tournament, say, in the preliminary round, then you can still survive that. You know, if you win, like I said, probably one win is going to get you into the quarterfinals. Two wins absolutely will. So, yeah. I think it's a good way that they set this up. Uh, The preliminary rounds are just that. They're preliminary, and then it's high stakes from the quarterfinals on. And... The other thing that I find kind of interesting, you've heard the old adage, a win is a win, right? Everybody always says a win is a win, a win is a win. That's true to an extent in the preliminary rounds of this tournament. However, a regulation win is three points in the standings. 
an overtime win is two points, an overtime loss is one point, and a regulation loss is zero points. So that's kind of interesting. You know, it is weighted a little bit more uh, if you get the job done in regulation. And actually, so far in this tournament, none of the games have gone into overtime as of yet. So that hasn't really come into play yet. But it is interesting to know that you can greater improve your standing with a regulation win as opposed to an overtime win. And on top of that, if there is a tiebreaker, if teams end up with the same amount of points in the preliminaries, uh, the tiebreaker is goal differential. So again, yes, a win is a win to an extent, but if you beat a team, you know, 16 to 2 like Canada did against Germany, or you beat a team 11 to nothing like the United States did against Austria, that bodes well for you if it comes down to tiebreakers at some point. So yeah, just wanted to share some general thoughts about the format of the tournament. And in just a second here, we're going to be talking a little bit more about Canada's two victories and about the United States' loss to Russia as well as its win against Austria. And obviously, we're going to be talking quite a bit about the Ranger prospects who are competing in this tournament as well. That's coming up in just a second. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Going to get back to the World Juniors in just a second here, but first I wanted to tell you guys about Locked On Bets. The holidays are about giving, so I'm giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so once again, getting back to the World Juniors here, talking a little bit about Canada. Uh, they start with just a 16-2 thrashing of Germany. You do feel for Germany. Germany has really been affected by COVID, and as a result, they've had to go into this tournament with just 14 skaters in each of its first two games, and they have lost each of their first two games thus far. And, I mean, going up against Canada in this tournament, they're widely considered the favorite. They are just a ridiculously talented team. That's going to be hard enough, no matter who you are, no matter how many players you have, no matter how healthy you are. You're trying to beat Canada with only 14 skaters. That's virtually impossible, and obviously it was reflected in the final score. But let's go ahead and talk about the Braden Schneider hit. He laid a big hit on Germany's Jan-Luca Schumacher, and he was ejected from the game. This happened in the first period, just about eight minutes into the contest. He's thrown out of the game. He was suspended for Canada's second game. Uh, like I said, you know, Canada has survived without Braden Schneider. They've won both of these games, but we got to talk about the hit a little bit. For starters, you know, was it a dirty hit? Was it not? 
I got to be totally honest here, guys. I know he's a Ranger prospect. I know we're all really excited about him. I know one of the greatest aspects of his game is that he brings that toughness, that snarl. He's one of those guys who's tough to play against. We've all talked about how we want the Rangers to be tougher to play against going forward, especially after we saw what happened in that brief playoff series against the Carolina Hurricanes. But, yeah, I mean, I got to say, I think this was a dirty hit. You know, you saw him go in. The Germany player never saw it coming. And Schneider, I mean, that's that's not on Schneider. You know, you got to keep your head up. You got to be aware of what's happening around you. But Schneider, you know, led with his shoulder, put it right into Schumacher's face and just dropped into the ice. And, you know, watching it in live speed, it didn't really look that terrible. I mean, obviously, it's a big hit, but that's what Braden Schneider does, right? He's a big defenseman. He's physical. Uh, that's a huge part of his game. And when it happened live, I actually thought that maybe the Germany player got injured on the rebound, so to speak, because after Schneider hit him, uh, Schumacher, the German player, he basically bounced off of another Canadian player, and I thought it, it just was so awkward. I thought that that's maybe where the injury happened, but no, you slow it down a little bit, and you do see Schneider went in there with his shoulder, and that's where the injury clearly happened. That's what kind of knocked him to the ice and caused play to be delayed there. So I have no problems whatsoever with Schneider being ejected from this game. I got to call it like I see it. Um, he did target the head. It certainly seemed that way. You know, he is a big guy, and you think that, well, maybe he just, his aim was off, right? You know, maybe he was looking to, uh, you know, put his shoulder into Schumacher's chest. But I don't know. I mean, it always looks worse in slow motion, but it does look like he was going for the head there. And even if not, you know, you are responsible for your actions on the ice. So regardless of intent there, I still think Schneider was probably going to face some repercussions and be ejected from the game as he was and, uh, you know, suspended for the following contest. So while I do think the punishment kind of fit the crime here, I do think also that it's way too early to say that Braden Schneider's a dirty player or anything like that. That's going way too far. Look, this is his M.O. He's a big, tough, physical defense, and it's one of the reasons why the Rangers were so interested in him in the first place. They want to be able to field a nastier, more physical team with more snarl. Braden Schneider was there. They trade up to get him. They got their man. Great. And you can see there, look, I don't condone the illegal hit, but... If there's a little bit of a silver lining here, if you're a Ranger fan, it's that, hey, he looks to be as advertised, right? You see a hit like that, and you realize that, yes, this is a guy that's going to go out there and throw his weight around and be very imposing and be very difficult to play against. Again, I don't condone the illegal hit, but this is what Ranger fans want, right? We want a little bit more physicality. Just keep it within the uh, rules if you can, if you're Braden Schneider. Yes, this was a questionable hit, but let's keep in mind it's one isolated incident. It's just one hit. He's a young kid. Hopefully he learns from this. Hopefully, again, hit him as hard as you want. Just keep it clean, and I think Ranger fans are going to adore this guy. He's someone who, when you read scouting reports going into the draft and after the Rangers took him, Scouts really seem to like him. He's somebody with a very safe floor. He's somebody who, I mean, this is just what I gather. I'm not a scout, but reading all these different scouting reports leading up to and after the NHL draft, it seems like everybody just about agrees that he's a very safe pick. He's somebody that, regardless of which team drafts him, he should eventually settle into a top four role on an NHL roster. And, and if that's a worst case scenario, that's a very good thing. I think Braden Schneider can play. Again, a questionable hit here. Hopefully he learns his lesson and gets back out there for Team Canada and contributes to them doing whatever they end up doing in this tournament. The other Ranger-related news coming out of this game is that Dylan Garan got into the game for one period for Team Canada here. The game was started by Devin Levi for Canada between the pipes. He has started each of Canada's first two games in this tournament, but Garan, I mean, Canada obviously 
won this game very easily. 16-2 to was the final. So Garan got in there in the third period for some mop-up duty. He allowed one goal on five shots. There's not really too much to take away here. I mean, it's not like these were high-pressure minutes for Garan, but it was still very good to see him at least make an appearance at the World Juniors. Uh, hopefully, it's not the last we see of him. Devin Levi, who was selected in the seventh round this year by the Florida Panthers, he seems to be Canada's starter, although it would not surprise me to see Garan get a start at some point. Think about it. I mean, Canada's... They're already 2-0 in this tournament. You've got two preliminary games left. I think if you're Canada, you should get Garand out there to start at least one of the two next games. I mean, there could be an instance. You never know what can happen. If you go with Levi through this entire preliminary round and Garand only gets that one period in the mop-up duty against Germany, and then say there's an injury to Levi in the quarterfinals, you got to throw Garand out there pretty cold. So I think if you're Canada, look, you're going to go to the quarterfinals. You already know that. I think it definitely behooves you to get Dylan Garand at least one start. Plus, it would just be cool for Dylan Garand. I mean, these players want to play. I realize it's not a charity case. You want to go with the guy that gives you the best chance to win. Maybe they think right now that that's Devin Levi, but I still think you want to get Dylan Garand out there if for no other reason to make sure he's ready to go if you need him at some point later in the tournament. And for us Ranger fans, obviously that would make it a lot more fun as well to see Dylan Garan get a start and get to play the entire game uh, at the very least. So I think eventually Dylan Garan in one of these last two Canada preliminary games probably gets at least one of the two starts in net for Team Canada. And then Canada's second game in the tournament, they play Slovakia last night, Sunday night. Uh, just a tough physical game. Canada goes on to post a 3-1 to win, but pretty surprising that Slovakia hung in there with Canada for as long as they did. Uh, Slovakia, again, they're kind of the uh, story of this tournament so far as far as you know, scoring an upset against Switzerland and then pushing Canada to the limit. And the other thing that I found very interesting about this game, you watch the first five, six, seven minutes or so, Canada comes out buzzing. They're creating all these scoring opportunities. They take a one nothing lead on a goal from Jordan Spence. It looks like they're going to be off to the races again. Here we go. It's the Canada show. They're coming off of a 16-2 win against Germany. Maybe it's going to be more of the same tonight against Slovakia, but that did not happen. This is a much more uh, physical game than I think we're used to seeing in the World Juniors, uh, more of a defensive game. And... Like I said, Slovakia hung in there. It was one nothing basically the entire way. Canada gets another goal late in the third period, but then Slovakia actually scores with the goalie pulled to cut Canada's lead to 2-1, to one, but then Canada goes on to seal the victory with about 30 seconds left to get an empty netter. So they go up 3-1. to one. That's also the final score. And again, Devin Levi played in net for Canada. He obviously played well. He stopped 17 of 18 shots, so he's obviously getting the job done. But I still think we see Garan. And in fact, I think that maybe Dylan Garan plays Canada's next game. And then they go back to Levi uh, for the last preliminary game leading into the quarterfinals. Because it seems like Levi is their guy right now. But again, I do think Dylan Garan, Ranger prospect, eventually gets to make a start for Team Canada. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON for your sign-up bonus. Once again, that is promo code LOCKEDON 
in all caps, and you will get your sign-up bonus. Hashtag BetOnline. All right, we're going to go ahead and get back to the World Juniors in just a second here, talk a little bit about the United States performance, including Brett Berard, who is off to a really nice start, had a three-point performance against Austria in the United States' most recent game. But first, just wanted to give you guys a little bit of an idea of what you can expect on future episodes of Locked on New York Rangers. Uh, first of all, obviously, we're going to continue talking about the World Juniors right through the end of the tournament. We are also going to continue our series where we look at the best-case and worst-case scenarios for every player on the New York Rangers. We've already done all the defensemen. We've done the first two lines as well. You can go back and listen to those episodes if you so desire. I definitely recommend checking that out. And uh, we're going to look to line up some guests for you guys as well leading into opening day of the NHL season. So a lot to look forward to here. And like I said, let's go ahead, get back to the United States and their two games in this World Juniors tournament thus far. They start on Christmas with a matchup against Russia, a tough 5-3 to three loss. Games between these two teams in this tournament do tend to get a bit chippy, and this was definitely no exception. Interesting goalie matchup as well. A pair of first-round picks starting between the pipes for the two teams. Yaroslav Askarov for Russia and Spencer Knight for the United States. Askarov was taken 11th overall by the Predators in this year's draft. He actually played in the World Juniors with Russia last season and won a silver medal. And Spencer Knight was taken number 13 overall by the Florida Panthers in the 2019 NHL draft. He was part of the United States team in in last year's World Juniors, they finished sixth overall. Obviously, they're looking to improve upon that. Unfortunately, this was a really tough game for Spencer Knight. He gave up four goals on 12 shots and was yanked from the game in the second period. Uh, he definitely would have wanted, I would say, at least two of those goals back. And the one that basically sealed the coffin and resulted in him being pulled from the game was the fourth goal that he permitted. So he came way out of the crease and to his left to try to get the puck. And he tried to make a pass up the boards. Unfortunately, Ilya Safanov for the Russian team intercepts the pass or whatever it was, the clearing attempt, and shoots it into the empty net before Knight could get back. You know, these things happen. Everybody's been there. Everybody's had a rough performance in whatever sport you might play, but you still do feel for him. Uh, Knight's performance was kind of a microcosm of the United States' performance in this game. Just a couple of mistakes that really proved costly, uh, an undisciplined penalty or two for the United States, an instance where they just clearly got outworked and it led directly to a goal by Russia. That was an instance where it wasn't really on Spencer Knight. Uh, his teammates kind of hung him out to dry on that one goal. But beyond the United States shooting itself in the foot, I thought this was a fairly evenly played contest. It's not like the rink was tilted or anything like that. It's not like Russia had significantly more scoring opportunities than the United States had. I really don't think that was the case at all. I think it was fairly even. It was just those really costly mistakes that the United States made that ended up costing them dearly in this game. And on one hand, it's unfortunately, you don't, you definitely don't want to see that in any game. But on the other hand, hey, listen, if you're going to make mistakes, do it in the preliminary round here where there's some margin for error. Don't do it in the quarterfinals when it's going to cost you and get you kicked out of this tournament in the quarterfinals for the second year in a row. And, you know, just the overall competitive nature of this game, that's why I wasn't too surprised to see the United States make a comeback in the third period. For anybody who missed it, they were down 4-1 to with 10 minutes to go. John Farinacci scores to cut it to 4-2, to and then Trevor Zegras scored on the power play with 2.18 remaining to make a game of it, cut the lead to 4-3. to Unfortunately, United States really didn't get any scoring chances after that, and Russia uh, buries an empty netter to win the game 5-3. to and as far as the goalie situation, uh, Dustin Wolf came in for the United States and played much better. He stopped all 11 shots that he faced to allow the United States to stage a comeback. Because if you keep giving up goals, goes without saying, but you can't really make much of a comeback. Uh, the United States was down 4-1 to when Wolf came in. He kept them in the game, uh, made a comeback at least feasible in the last few minutes of this contest. 
As far as the goalie situation going forward, the United States has a game against the Czech Republic on Tuesday at 2 p.m. They then play Sweden on Thursday, which is New Year's Eve, against Sweden at 9.30 p.m. So I think the way to go here, if you United States, you give Spencer Knight one of the games, you give Dustin Wolf one of the games, you let them put their best foot forward, stake their claim to the starting job, and then whichever goalie you feel better about after those two games conclude and after the preliminary round concludes, you go with that goalie the rest of the way from the quarterfinals, hopefully all the way to the gold medal game. We will see what happens there. But I think it just goes without saying you're kind of in a state of flux. I think Spencer Knight was kind of the preferred option coming into this tournament, but obviously, you know, things can change. As far as Wolf playing the United States second game against Austria, that was the plan all along. It's not like, you know, they banish Spencer Knight to the bench forever just because of that one bad performance. That was always going to be Wolf's game against Austria, and it's a game that the United States won very handily, 11 to nothing. We'll get into that in just a second. But as far as the goalie situation goes, yeah, give each of these guys one of the two remaining games and then make your selection. Which goalie do you feel gives this team the best chance to win the gold medal? And you roll with him from the quarterfinals again, hopefully all the way to the gold medal game. As far as the game against Austria, I mean, look, 11 nothing. it is what it is. Austria far and away considered to be I'm not being mean here, but it's just a fact. They're far and away considered to be the weakest team in this tournament. It was an absolute must-win game for the United States. It was a game that they just had to go out there and take care of business, and they mostly did that. Uh, the first period was a little bit frustrating if you're a fan of the United States because they had so many scoring chances. The puck just would not go into the net. They must have hit the post at least five times in this game, did the United States. So they could have won this by a significantly greater margin than they did. But it's funny because they created all these great scoring opportunities in the first period, and then they finally score on a total fluke play. Drew Hellison receives a pass. The puck bounces off of his skate. It goes forward toward the net, and it just skips off the goalie's stick blade, hops into the air, and then just trickles into the net. So kind of a fluky goal there. Uh, but just one nothing United States after the first period. They began to really pour on in the second period, and, and this game was no contest by the end. But we got to talk about Brett Berard. Obviously, he's the Ranger prospect playing in this game. He was taken in the fifth round at number 134 overall this past season. He ends up with a goal and two assists. He assisted on the third and 11th goals for the United States, and he also scored the eighth goal. Uh, this was a fantastic goal. He receives a pass at the neutral zone. He's going up the right wing, just a total burst of speed. And then, you know, the defenseman is there, but he basically just kind of weaved to the outside around him and then had to take a really sharp turn to his left, a really tough angle moving toward the net. But by this point, he had gotten behind the defenseman. So the defenseman's still there. He's behind him at this point. But Berard basically just skates across the goal crease and then tucks the puck just inside the far post and wipes out and crashes into the boards. Just a hardworking, blue-collar, hard-nosed goal here for Brett Berard. And I tweeted out that if, if and when Brett Berard makes it to the New York Rangers— he is going to be a very, very popular player. I almost see him as like the new Matt Zuccarello. He's a little bit taller than Zuccarello. Berard's five foot nine, but he's not the biggest guy on the ice. He plays with a lot of tenacity. He's kind of a bulldog. He will kind of, you know, play the mental game a little bit. I don't think he's somebody that's always going to look to fight necessarily, but somebody who will stir it up a little bit, will get underneath the skin of his opponents. And I just think that's going to play very well in Madison Square Garden for all of us Ranger fans. So, We'll look forward to that. I mean, I don't think it's obviously going to happen anytime soon, but Brett Burrard, like I said, I'm calling it right now. If he makes it to the New York Rangers, he's going to be a very, very popular player amongst the fans. Uh, beyond that, as far as this 11-0 thrashing of Austria, uh, Trevor Zegras scored two goals, had two assists. Matthew Boldy had a hat trick. Alex Turcott had three assists. So a lot of USA's biggest threats uh, really stuffed the score sheet in this one. Again, it was a must-win game. It's a game where you're up against an inferior opponent. I'm not being mean. That's just a fact. You had to take care of business. The United States did just that. And basically, they've already punched their ticket to the quarterfinals because 
The United States right now, plus nine goal differential. Austria is minus 11. I don't think Austria is going to win a game in this tournament. And even if they do, they're not going to make up a 20 goal differential against the United States. So in an absolute worst case scenario, it looks like the United States is certainly going to be heading to the quarterfinals. And I think it's a similar situation with Canada as it pertains to the goalies. I think, again, these next two games coming up, Spencer Knight gets one game and Dustin Wolf gets one game and you go from there. But that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. Wanted to get everybody caught up on the World Juniors again. There was no reason to go period by period, but I wanted to at least give you guys the highlights and definitely talk about the Ranger prospects who are competing in this tournament. Definitely looking forward to the continuation of this tournament and definitely looking forward to seeing uh, what all these guys can do. You know, I want to see uh, Dylan Garan get a start for Team Canada. I want to see Braden Schneider get back out there on the ice and throw his weight around, uh, hopefully in a clean fashion. But uh, definitely looking forward to seeing Braden Schneider and we'll see if Hunter Skinner gets into the tournament. And Brett Burrard already impressing a lot of people. And just been a fun tournament so far. You know, it's, it's like I said, I, I've made this analogy before. This is the appetizer before the main course. No disrespect to this tournament, but us Ranger fans, we're all looking very much forward to the start of the New York Ranger season. But right now, we got a really exciting world competition going on. We're getting to see the stars of tomorrow play right here today. And it's been a lot of fun for me so far. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it as well. And guys, I just finished recording this episode, but I did want to call some attention to some news that's broken while I've been uh, editing this episode, and that is that Henrik Lundqvist is going to have open-heart surgery. He announced this Monday morning here, and uh, this is what Henrik Lundqvist had to say about it on his Twitter account. These are words from the king himself. Last three weeks, my focus has shifted from training camp and the upcoming season to my health and what I can and can't do. Scheduled for an open-heart surgery now, aortic valve replacement, aortic root and ascending aortic replacement, to be more exact. We all have our mountains to climb, staying positive here, and set on the road to recovery. And then he signed it HL at the end, and had a thumbs-up emoji as well. And obviously it's scary stuff. You know, I'm no doctor, so I can't really offer any kind of a medical opinion here, but I mean, you just hear the term open heart surgery and it definitely is a little bit frightening. Uh, all the best, obviously, to Henrik Lundqvist as he deals with this next challenge. And I think a lot of us, us Ranger fans, we also hope that eventually he can get back to playing hockey, but that is very, very secondary right now. Uh, his health and safety come first, as does his family. You know, he's got a family to worry about, so uh, it'd be wonderful if Henrik Lundqvist could still play uh, another season or two in the NHL. But yeah, right now uh, he's, he's got to deal with this and that's what he's doing. And again, all the best to Henrik Lundqvist and his family uh, moving forward as Henrik Lundqvist continues to deal with this challenge. I would have talked at greater length about this, but like I said, you know, it, it, the news just broke while I was editing this episode today. So we will definitely talk about it in more detail uh, in our next episode going forward. I think for the rest of the week, we'll do an episode on Wednesday. That way we can talk about Henrik Lundqvist as well as the results of the United States and Canada games that are scheduled in the World Juniors on Tuesday. So we'll have an episode on Wednesday to talk about all that. And then on Friday, uh, you know, that's New Year's Day, but I think that's another good episode because that will be the day after the preliminary rounds of the World Juniors conclude. So look for episodes on Wednesday and Friday going forward this week. And once again, all the best to Henrik Lundqvist. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.